Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Woman Unbreakable podcast. I am your host, Kim H, and I am happy to be back with you all today. I have a very special guest, Shadi Heard, who's going to continue our New Year Resolution um, series podcast and talking with us about traveling. Shadi was born and raised in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, Shade was flying on airplanes before she could even walk and her mother was an avid traveler who then passed the travel bug onto her. She Shade graduated from uh, the University of Connecticut with her undergraduate degree followed by obtaining her master's in human services from Albertus Magnus College. Shade currently works full-time as a clinical specialist specializing in mental health and substance abuse. Shade travels as often as every other month if possible and has currently traveled to five out of the seven continents. Her favorite countries include Brazil, Turkey, Italy, Malaysia, and Bermuda. Join us as Shade shares with us some very important travel tips as we look to travel this 2019. Um, today we have someone that I've been wanting to talk to for forever on this podcast. Reason being is not only is she dope in person because I know her from Yukon um, when I went to Yukon, but she finds some of the most phenomenal places to travel to and she takes some of the best pictures ever. So if for nothing, what you're going to get out of this podcast is information about how to make your vacation photos pop it. At least that, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Always find a place where the best photos can be taken. Okay. So, no, I, <laughs> I have Shade here. Shade, thank you so much, so much for joining me on this podcast. Thank how you are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, good. I'm great. How are you today, babe? I am doing phenomenal because I'm talking to you. I'm about to pack my bags. You're going (laughs) to tell us where to get the deals, how to travel, and get our life. Definitely going to get our life this year, 2019. Um, So, Sade, I mean, they heard your bio, but maybe it would be better for them to kind of hear from your mouth who you are, what you love to do, and why you are here to talk to us about such an important thing such as traveling. So where do we start? (laughs) (laughs) So um, I have been traveling before I was walking. Um, From my understanding, I have definitely uh, been traveling since I was two months old. (laughs) Mm. Uh, My mom was an avid traveler. Um, God bless her So. And I guess I just picked it up from her um, for as long as I can remember. My mom was always traveling. Uh, she was more of a Caribbean um, traveler. She loved to go to different islands, and Hawaii was a really good um, spot for her as well. Um, so I've always traveled, but I will say that it's become more of a probably coping skill for me. Uh, my mm. mom passed in 2012. And since then, my traveling probably increased by 80%. (laughs) Um, Mm. Some people drink liquor, some people do drugs, some people go to therapy. I did that too. Um, (laughs) Some people (laughs) engage in other activities. Uh, My coping skill 
in order to remain sane and calm and stress-free is to travel as much as I can. Mm, Which is a good coping (laughs) mechanism. Yes. So talk to us. Where do we begin? I know some of us are, you know, we have, uh, you know, goals to travel and there's a long laundry list of excuses sometimes that we use as to why we cannot travel. But I think that you have mastered it. Um, I think I see you traveling almost every month. Is that correct? Like maybe I feel like I've seen you somewhere every month. It's not every month. It's usually every other month. Um, I'll be out of commission for a little bit um, because I just recently went to Australia in the beginning of December, and I took two weeks of time for that. So I need to accrue a little bit before I can hop back out there. Um, But usually (laughs) it is every other month. Um, I'm a clinician at MCCA in New Haven. Um, We have several branches throughout the state of Connecticut. I I deal with clients who – struggle with substance abuse as well as mental health. So the great thing about my schedule is that I only work Monday through Thursday, so I'm off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I also get four weeks of vacation. So that's why I'm able to travel as much as I do. I usually do very small trips, usually like a Thursday to Sunday or a Thursday to Monday type of thing, which allows me to break up and have so many trips over time, but of course with Australia, it being 21 hours of travel time and being a huge uh, country and continent, I need to stay over there a little bit longer, which required two weeks, so um, I'm trying to accrue some more time, figure out what my next steps are, because currently I'm five out of seven continents. I am hoping to hit Africa next year. Uh, excuse me, next year, this year. Uh, we are in 2019, amen. I'm hoping to hit <laughs> Africa very soon this year, and I'm assuming that I'll probably, I don't, there's so many countries I want to do in Africa, but um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do a full two weeks, but I have to figure that out and plan accordingly, and I'm actually considering Antarctica too. I think I'm just going to knock that out and just be seven out of Antarctica. Oh Antarctica God. is the seventh That's, continent. It you. is pretty much, I think they, I don't even know what the population is. I don't know if people can live there on a regular basis because it is so cold. Um, they have a lot of things going on uh, with natural uh, weather problems that are actually, I think it's affecting um, Antarctica. Like glaciers are melting and just continental drifts and stuff like that. So it would be good to probably get there sooner or later because from my understanding, based on my research, there may come a point in time where humans are not allowed to visit Antarctica at all. Wow. So it is definitely my goal to do seven out of seven continents. I just kind of always figured, oh, Antarctica, I'll do that when I get older. You know, like I'm 50 or something and me and my husband Mm -hmm. were retired or whatever. You like how I'm putting that into um, existence. <laughs> you gotta whatever. speak something, <laughs> girl. Speak something. Speak <laughs> it into existence. We'll get down there. Um, because um, from my understanding, the best way to get there is to travel to the tip of Argentina, which is the most southern point that you can get to, and then take a cruise over to Antarctica. So 
So I just always figure, oh, I'll do that in my old age. But now that the environment is changing and laws are changing and it's a lot more stipulations, I'm thinking that it may be better to do sooner than later. It's a very expensive trip, so I definitely have to save up and be prepared. But I'm looking to do that within the next few years if possible. Wow. Black girl on the move. Definitely (laughs) loving it. Loving it. Go and represent for us because I don't know if I'll make it to Antarctica. Just a little (laughs) cold. Maybe, and you know what, I just need to start small and then work my way up, but I will live vicariously through you. (laughs) <laughs> you are more than welcome and and that's anyone um, I'll definitely extend the invitation I actually like giving out travel advice and I like looking up things and planning things for people so Kim anytime you and the hubby or you and the girls or me and you want to go somewhere let me know I will definitely help you with that Ooh, 2019 we on the move so um, help us okay. in order for us to travel even every other month or even every three months or four months or whatever have you, it's often very expensive, right? So how do you find these deals? Biggest misconception. Biggest misconception. It is not – I mean, if you're not properly planning, then yes, anything is expensive when you don't properly plan. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. if you are on the lookout, travel can be rather affordable. Mm -hmm. So let's start – you want to start with number one? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I have a little asking, sheet just just for just for you listeners. I, Sade was so awesome. She like legit gave me a travel sheet, tip sheet that I am going to upload for you all. Um, but we're just gonna kind of go through it, right? Yep. So number one, number one is airfare deals glitch and glitches pave the way. So I cannot stress to you guys, probably since 2015, 2016, most, if not all, of my travel has been guided by airfare deals and glitches. Uh, Airfare glitch is a situation that occurs when either a third-party site or the airline itself has an error in the system and they generate a ticket price or deal, rather, that is inaccurate (laughs) or way cheaper than it's supposed to be. Um, I Mm. think the biggest glitch that is known um, recently, well, within the last few years, would probably be that glitch to Dubai. Um, I believe it was 2014. I remember that. Yeah, I missed Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. I I was really upset. (laughs) It was Christmas Day, uh, 2014. I actually was working, so I could not be on my phone. And um, there was a glitch with... um, was it Qantas Airline or it was it was one of the Middle Eastern airlines and they were generating flight prices from the United States to Dubai for $150 round trip and wow. a flight from let's say JFK to Dubai usually goes for eight nine hundred dollars. Sometimes you'll catch a deal and it will be about five or six hundred, but it's generally expensive. And the airline was great enough to honor those glitches, and a lot of people from the United States traveled to Dubai for a hundred and fifty dollars round trip. Unfortunately, I remember I was hearing not one that, <laughs> and I thought it was a joke. Nope. I could have bought a ticket, but, you know, I thought, like, oh, that's a, you know, because you hear so much, and you're like, oh, no, that's, that can't be real. 
you know, but it, it was real. Like, legit people you had, had the opportunity to, like, buy these tickets and travel to Dubai. So these glitches do happen. Yes, they do. But they're not as common. Mm-hmm. So that was the last really good one that I've seen that was honored. So glitches do still occur, but they're not necessarily honored. Um, it used to be that, um, like Qantas, I believe it was Qantas that had that era. Um, they got a lot of free publicity, and people were like, this is great because they're actually honoring their mistake. Whereas other glitches and other uh, airlines, they're not having it. Like I remember last year, uh, I caught a glitch, or I thought I caught a glitch from um, JFK to Tanzania, and I, uh, I, I thought I was just going to be out here in Zanzibar stunting. <laughs> and and um, the glitch was like for two hundred or three hundred dollars for the ticket, and the airline, which was Air Ethiopia, I believe, chose to not honor it, they canceled our flight, and then we had to fight to get our money back, which was no mm. bueno. So these airlines, they no longer care about the good publicity, or if they look bad, they will cancel a trip if they feel like they're going to lose too much money. So airfare mm. glitches, they do happen, but it all depends on whether or not the airline is actually going to honor them. They have the right to cancel the ticket. So I haven't seen one honored in a really long time. Um, I actually, even that Ethiopia, I mean, excuse me, not Ethiopia, the uh, Tanzania one, it was also to uh, Cape Town and other various places in Africa. And I remember that they didn't cancel it until maybe about a good two weeks after the deal had taken place. So we all thought we were home, we were in a home stretch. And then someone who actually had booked the ticket, like, within that, like, week or next week to travel, they were denied at the gate. So that's um. very serious. To, 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 to make these plans, get the time off, buy yourself a hotel, and then when you get to the airport, you're being told that your flight is canceled and that your ticket will not be honored. Mm-hmm. So I'm very glad that that did not happen to me, um, but it just goes to show that these airlines are, are no longer uh, honoring. They're, they're not playing games anymore. So if you do get an airfare glitch, um, I would definitely keep an eye out, make sure that you check your email, check your Twitter, and make sure that this ticket is going to be honored because you don't want to find yourself in a situation where you're at the airport and your flight is canceled and you don't even know it. Right, right. And then should, you know, in those situations, right, like let's say it's a really good deal, you you feeling a little risky, maybe or maybe not, they may or may not honor the glitch, but you say, you know what, this is a really good deal, maybe they'll honor it and you purchase it, would you recommend that they actually call the airline to make no. sure? <laughs> no. no. So usually when there is a glitch, an error in the system, an error in fare, the airlines are not aware of it. The third-party site is not aware of it. How they become aware of it and catch on is when people call and they said, hey, I see this price. This can't be right, right? Are you honoring this? And then they say no, and they are now aware of there's a problem, and that's when they begin canceling tickets. So I wouldn't say anything at all. You will be notified. Trust me, if they're going to cancel your flight, you will be notified. Um, either it's through email, someone will call you. I'm not exactly sure what happened to the person that showed up to 
the airport to go on their flight. Maybe they didn't check their email, but I know that every time I've gotten a glitch and it was not honored, I was well informed way before the actual date of takeoff. So you don't need to call anybody. And please spare okay. the rest of us, because the rest of us don't want to be found out. Please don't, please don't get my flight canceled. <laughs> okay, so for the less risky ones, the people like myself, because I probably now would never go and purchase a, a, a ticket off of a glitch, because it's too risky. <laughs> my husband, my husband would probably do that, because he loves like he loves the thrill of like risk, right? So. He'll probably do that. But for me, I like to know that I got a ticket, it's honored, it's legit. And for those of us who are trying to catch a good deal or trying to look for better deals, what can we do? Should we go to the third-party websites? Because they often, like the kayaks and the what is it, the Travelocities and the Expedias, do they tend to have better prices? I'm glad you actually brought that up. And before we we get to just that, I want to say – there are travel deals, not glitches, that are offered every day. And the best way for you to get those type of deals, for me, honestly, is either go to certain company websites, like a big one that I follow on Twitter is called Secret Flying. Um, they tweet flight deals and flight glitch, uh, glitches just about every half an hour on the hour. Um, it tells you where the flight is leaving from, where it's going, what's the possible dates, and the price, of course. Um, so if you are on Twitter, it is great for you to follow accounts such as Secret Flying, The Flight Deal, Suze's Travel, Airfare Watchdog. Um, there's tons of them. You can just Google them. Or if you're not on Twitter, like I said, you can go to the Secret Flying website, and they also post their um, deals as well. That's a good way to stay in the loop and to just get regular flight deals. And regular flight deals are just flights that are just cheaper on a regular basis, but they're legit. They're not an error. They're not a mistake. That doesn't mean that they won't go quickly because if people start booking them, then they will disappear. However, they're legit deals that are usually offered at a lower price, and that's how I travel. I am not a fan of third-party sites. I don't like them because I can do it myself. I don't need Travelocity. I don't need Orbitz. I don't need Kayak um, to book something for me and then charge hidden fees And when I could have just went directly to the hotel website or the airfare website and booked it myself and saved a lot of money. Sometimes they do have good deals or cheaper connections going but it's also good just to make sure that you go to directly to the source. So if you mm -hmm. see a flight, I don't know, to Dubai on American Airlines on Travelocity and it's saying that the flight is $600, it doesn't kill you to go to American Airlines and see if it's actually cheaper on that website. And in that way, mm -hmm. you're dealing directly with the airline. There's no middleman. There's no confusion and there's no hidden fees. I can't tell you how many times I've heard so many stories of people saying, yeah, when I went to the hotel or I went to the airport, you know, there was a problem with my ticket or there was a problem with my reservation and they said that I had to take it up with Travelocity or Kayak, you know, they put the fare or the reservation in the hands of the third party. It's no longer on the airline. It's no longer on the hotel. It's on this third party. And depending how this third party wants to handle you, 
you know, you could end up getting screwed. So mm-hmm. I like to hold people accountable, so I usually book my airfare directly through whatever airline's website, and the same thing with the hotel. And a lot of the times the hotel has discounts that Travelocity or Kayak are not going to give you. So it's just good to be mindful of that. Oh, that's a good tip. Now we have, you know, in terms of the information, in terms of the glitches and the airfares and the Travelocity, and now we want to go somewhere. Where are we going? What are we doing? <laughs> Um, so my thing is, so the way, like I said, flight deals and glitches rule my travel. So I don't necessarily have places, I mean, I have places that I want to go to, but when I think of planning out my year, you know, right now I don't have any trips planned. Like I have ideas of where I want to go, but ultimately I'm not planning a trip until I see a flight deal. So what I'll do is when I'm in the mood to book a flight, I will go through my Twitter, and I will go through the travel, uh, the travel accounts that I was telling you guys earlier about following, and I'll see them, and I'll see what they're tweeting. So let's say, I'll give a good example. Uh, in 2016, I went to Brazil. I had always wanted to go to Brazil, um, especially I wanted to go for the Olympics, but I knew it was going to be super expensive. You know, flights to Brazil are usually um, $1,000, $1,200, depending on the season that you go. I actually mm-hmm. found a flight deal on American Airlines that got me to Rio for $430, which was amazing. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. I was so excited and so impulsive that I just booked it. I, I called my cousin up. I said, we're going to Brazil. Boom, and we booked it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So afterwards, everyone was like, I can't believe you're going to Brazil. I can't believe that, you know, you know how much crime is there. And they rape women, and they rob them, and you'll get shot, and it's dirty, and just all these horrible things I kept hearing about Brazil. And I had a lot of anxiety, and I'm like, did I make a mistake? You You know, what did... What could I have done better? You know, should I have done the research? Yes. I should have mm-hmm. done the research. Before you book any flight deal, and, you know, I get it. I'm impulsive, too. I'm, I'm like your husband. I like the risk. Um, I like to just say, hey, I got this flight at this price, and, you know, worry about the details later. When you're traveling to certain places, you need to know information about the destination. And, you know, thank goodness that, you know, I did all my research, and I found out that, yes, Brazil is dangerous. Yes, Brazil is poor. Yes, Brazil does have a problem with dark skin versus light skin. Yes, women are raped and often held captive in Brazil. Yes, you can get shot in Brazil. These are all very real things. However, based on me doing my research, I knew what areas not to go to. I knew where Mm -hmm. not to travel to alone. I knew where not to take public transportation to. I knew not to travel at night. I knew to not bring any excessive or flashy jewelry. I knew not to leave my credit cards in the hotel. I knew to carry um, copies of my passport on me. Like, I was able to find out all the information that I needed to feel safe and to be safe in Brazil. And the only issue that I say me and my cousin had in Brazil was there was a guy, unfortunately, who followed us. He followed us about maybe two blocks. I think he was eyeing my beach bag. It was just a regular beach bag, nothing flashy. But, you know, he could probably tell that we weren't from there and was following us. 
all we did was just dip into a restaurant and we were left alone. There was no mm. other times where we felt unsafe, that we felt we were going to be robbed, where we felt like we wanted to go on. Brazil was actually one of my most amazing trips. And I definitely recommend everyone to get there if they can, but just to be careful and safe because they do have a lot of crime. They do have a lot of issues with dark skin versus light skin there. Um, as women of color, my cousin and I, we didn't really have too much trouble. In fact, they thought that we were Brazilian. They thought we were Portuguese um, based on our skin color, and we had a lot of people coming up to us speaking Portuguese, and we're like, no, 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 we're American. So it is very easy to blend in there, but you just have to right. be smart about it. And I, and I say that, you know, the world is getting crazy. You know, me and you, Kim, we talked the other day about the woman who uh, went traveling to Costa Rica you know, and right, she, her yeah. friend left, and then she was killed, unfortunately, by her, her the security guard from her Airbnb. You know, the world has some really bad people in it, and it can be scary, but I think if you properly prepare and you are aware of your surroundings and you know what you're dealing with, you can avoid those type of issues. Research, research, research. Research is very, very important. I cannot stress mm-hmm. that enough. Um, don't you, Nobody wants to go somewhere and be unprepared. It just does not Absolutely. feel good. And don't get me wrong, like, I research a lot, but sometimes there are things that throw you for a loop, but it's better to be prepared a little bit sure. than not prepared mm-hmm. at all, you know? Absolutely. You're speaking my language. I'm the person that would research till I can't research no more. I'm researching all the way, even on the plane I'm researching. <laughs> Yes, research your hotels and your Airbnbs. Read those reviews. I mean, yeah, it's annoying, you know, having to go through tons and tons of reviews, but, you know, I want to know where I'm laying my head at night. Like it's like I told you before, the situation in Brazil. The hotel that we stayed in Brazil was absolutely gorgeous. It had a rooftop pool, and as Kim said, I love my pictures. I got some amazing pictures off of that <laughs> rooftop pool. But you know what? When I was reading reviews, I also saw that that, that hotel had a credit card thief, and apparently an employee would go into uh, visitors' rooms when they were not there and go through their credit cards. So by knowing that information, of course, I was a little turned off, but I knew I I had to stay at this hotel. It was not an option. And I was reading similar reviews for hotels on that whole strip. You know, everybody had a credit card thief. Everybody had someone who was shady. So the only thing you can do is just to be proactive about it. Me and my cousin never left anything valuable in that room. We never left our credit mm. cards. We never left any jewelry or anything of monu- um, you know, monumental value. Like, we never did that. And we were not robbed. We were not scammed. We didn't have those issues. But, you know, had we not read the reviews, we probably would have been comfortable and just let, left some stuff out. Maybe, you know, hit it, but this person was actually going through personal belongings and looking. So it wasn't even just an option to hide things. You had to take it with you. And because I did that research, I was aware, and me and my cousin weren't impacted by that. Thank goodness. Oh, and but then now you mentioned you were with your cousin, right? So yeah. having someone with you is always a good idea. I like how you did that. <laughs> yes, um, a lot of people are exploring solo travel. I have not done that yet, and um, it's actually been something that has crossed my mind because. The way that I like to travel, 
I, it's difficult to find people to travel with. You know, I like I mentioned earlier, I like to go every other month if I can. A lot of my friends are in school. They're moms. Um, they're booed up. Uh, they can't get the time off of work, or they don't have the finances for that particular trip. So it's harder and harder to find people to travel with. And, you know, people say, hey, why don't you just go by yourself? And I'm like, ah, you know, I like me. I'm a good time. <laughs> but, you know, I would definitely love company on a trip. I definitely need to make sure that whoever is on this trip with me is going to get these angles. I can't, I cannot leave that to strangers. I, I, <laughs> I have trained my friends. This sounds so bad, but I have trained my friends to know my angles. So I, I just cannot leave that type of destiny into a stranger's hands. <laughs> so I, I need somebody with me. And, you know, mm-hmm. and this goes into the next point, too. You want to go with someone who is gonna, that you're going to have a good time with and, you know, someone who is on your same page as traveling. I'll tell you one thing. I will pretty much travel with anybody except if they're cheap and if they have drama. Um, On vacation, I like to consider myself a very affordable person, so I do all my research. I already know what's going to cost. I already have ideas of how much this is, that, and a third. I come in with a budget, but I think having a budget versus being cheap are two totally different things, and I can't do the cheap stuff. Like, I'll, I, one time I went to Puerto Rico, and um, I was with my cousin, who shall remain nameless, because <laughs> she'll probably be listening to this. <laughs> and um, she asked, you know, we have, my family has a, a timeshare in Puerto Rico, so we go every June, every year. Um, and um, me and my cousin were going, and she was like, oh, do you mind if I bring my friend? And I told her, I said, you can bring your friend, just make sure, I didn't know the girl, I said, just make sure there's no drama and that this person's not cheap. She was like, oh, no, no, she's not like that. Ciao. She mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember we went to the mall, and uh, Puerto Rico has, uh, San Juan has this huge mall, and I try to visit every time I go, and their Forever 21 has like four levels, which is amazing. And so we're shopping and shopping, and then we get to the end of the mall, and we're getting ready to go back to the hotel, and the girl goes, I can't afford any of this. I have to return everything. Mm. (laughs) And I'm just like, why did you do that? Why did you just waste two hours of shopping, and now we have to go back and return everything? And it's just she didn't have money to be on the trip, you know, and she got a little bit ahead of herself, and, it inconveniences me as well as my cousin, and it, it's just annoying. It's annoying, you know. Right, be mindful. You have a good time. <laughs> and, yeah, you want to. But why, she, why did she buy it in the first place? I, 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 I could have just, you know, I'd have just I, walked around with y'all. I would have encouraged y'all. I'd have been like, yeah, pick that up, girl. Kim, I have <laughs> no idea. I just, it threw me for a loop. I thought she was actually joking, but she was dead serious. And so we had to go back to stores one by one, wherever she brought stuff from. And, um, yeah, she had to return everything. Um, She just didn't have enough money. You know, she had to borrow everyone's cell phone because her phone didn't have minutes or whatever the case was. Like, it just was a lot. 
you know, I had to fight with her about money that we use to cover. So it is technically my aunt's timeshare, but my aunt only charges everybody $50 a weekend. So you get to go to Puerto Rico for $50 for the whole amount of time that we stay. Like I said, usually we do a Thursday to a Monday. And the girl didn't want to give me the $50. So it was just constant issues with money. And I just feel Mm -hmm. like if you don't have the money to go on a trip, then you shouldn't go. You shouldn't go. That's true. (laughs) And, you know, it it inconveniences others. It stresses other people out because they feel like they have to give you the money in order for you to do the things that, you know, we already agreed to do to. And it's just not fun. So, and I'm a firm believer, if you don't have the money, you stay your butt home. I know there are many a days I don't have it, I stay my butt home. But, Unfortunately, not everybody follows that motto, and you have situations like I did in Puerto Rico. Which brings us to our next point. <laughs> I don't feel like she was expecting of your culture now. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, um, to be fair, that happened years ago. But it's just, it, it definitely set the precedent right. for me, the precedent for me, because I, I don't want to travel with anybody that, cannot afford to travel for that particular trip. I don't want to travel with anybody in drama. You know, I she had drama too. You know, there was a point where she locked herself in the bathroom for two hours because she had drama, and that inconvenienced me because I can't take a shower. <laughs> you know, like it's things like that. You have to be mindful. So it's very important, you know, especially when you're traveling with groups of women. You know, sometimes Ooh, we yes. like to get out here and mm-hmm. we like to travel with these groups of five and eight women and five to eight women under one roof for seven days or five days, that that's testy, you know. So you got to make sure that, you know, personalities align, everybody has the same goals, and if they don't have the same goals on the trip, are you guys okay splitting up? Are you, you guys okay spending time alone? Like, because some people, well, we came as a group. We should be doing everything as a group. Like, you have to know who you're traveling with. And then sometimes, I'll be honest, I went to Mexico, I think it was uh, Riviera Maya in 2015, and I went with um, my friend Crystal for her birthday, shout out to Crystal, and um, I knew maybe one or two of her friends, and it was like, I don't know, maybe six of us, so I didn't know the other girls, and it was a huge risk, because it's like you're traveling with people you don't know. And by the grace of God, we all got along. Like, they were great girls. There was no problems with money. There was no drama. They were taking pictures of me, which is even great. <laughs> Best. <laughs> and, you know, things went well. And that was just the luck of the draw. But I, like I said, I think it's better to be prepared. Know who you're traveling with. If you have issues with this person outside of trips with money and drama, it's not going to get better if you get on a trip with them and it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Drop the mic on that one. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I would say, too, also um, be open and respectful to cultures that uh, differ from your own um, when you're traveling. I know this is something that I personally struggled with um, going over to Asia. Um, it was a bit of a cultural shock for me and my friends because they are not used to seeing women of color. So they were in our face 24-7. And at first it was kind of cool because you feel like a celebrity. And, you know, when you're from a country where you're getting gunned down because you have a hoodie and Skittles (laughs) and because you're a certain skin color, you know, it's nice to go 
to a country and people are in awe of your complexion and they're in awe of your hair and they want to take pictures of you and it it was cool at <laughs> wait but pause okay stop stop oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry they wanted so so people just randomly wanted to take pictures of you oh absolutely so when we went to Thailand and Malaysia we did that for my thirtieth um, we they they don't see African Americans over there like that. And it, it sounds crazy, but it's true, especially in uh, Malaysia. They do not see it. People were coming up to us, taking selfies, and it was um, it was overwhelming. It was really overwhelming because um, you're you you see you know Asian people all the time. You know we have plenty of Asian people, Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese in the states, but they don't really see us like that in the other part of the world. And I remember us being in Thailand. We went to the PP Islands, and a man from Russia came up to us, and he said, can I take a picture with you ladies? I've never seen African-American women in person before. And he didn't even want a picture with me because I was too light-skinned. He went for my friend who was a darker shade, and I found that they generally went towards people who were darker because they don't get to see it like that. And it, that it was cool. Interesting. Yeah, it was, and I mean, it gets to the point now, I mean, where they didn't even ask you. You know, they're just running up to you and they're, they're flicking selfies, even after you say no. Um, so I was a little annoyed with that because I'm like, I'm someone who is very big on space. I don't like someone invading my space. And I find right. that with the, the Asian culture, there is no boundaries when it comes to space. You know, you could be on a airplane. We flew uh, Air Asia or was it Air China, something like that, and the person sitting next to you, they're Asian, and they're putting their head on your shoulder. There is no space. There is no three-feet bubble that, that exists in the wow. uh, United States. There is no bubble that exists over there. So <sighs> that was something that I really had to check myself about because I was getting upset, but the reality is I'm in their territory. territory. I'm on their land. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have to abide. You know, as long as someone is not physically assaulting me or being outwardly disrespectful, you know, it's just a cultural clash. That's all it is, you know. And when you travel to different countries, you have to be mindful that there's certain mannerisms and there's certain, like, speeches and, you know, just different things that they might find offensive that you don't and vice versa. Like, I know when we went to Cuba, they do not like for you to spit. I'm not a spitter anyway, but, like, you know, if you got some phlegm in your throat or whatever the case is and you want to spit on the corner, that's viewed as disrespectful. When you go to Cuba, you don't ask about Fidel. That's the main thing Americans love to run over to Cuba. And like, oh, Fidel, what about Fidel? How do you feel about Fidel? You don't do that. Mm -mm. You don't do that. And if you do do it, you're risking, you know, you're risking people feeling comfortable around you, and you're risking people probably having an attitude with you. So you just kind of have to, it goes back to the whole research thing, like just be mindful of what culture you're going into. Because, you know, mm-hmm. for the United States, we just got over into Cuba, you know, legally maybe about two years ago, you know, when they started opening up the borders. And um, we were so anxious to get over there that, Nobody really took the time to do the research, and they're like, oh, I want to do this, that, and the third in Cuba, and, you know, they don't even know that Americans, we're not supposed to frolic on the beach in Cuba. We're not supposed to be enjoying 
are enjoying touristy things. We're supposed to go there for, at most, educational purposes, you know, and I feel like a lot of people went over to Cuba and started treating it like it was the Bahamas or Jamaica or, you know, any other island when the reality it isn't, you know. I feel like if you're going to go to Cuba, do the research, understand why you weren't able to go there, and then be respectful when you are there. Um, mm. But not everybody follows that. Everybody kind of just goes there for their own reason, which is fine, but just be mindful that you could be upsetting those from that culture and you don't even know it. It's so ridiculous. Like, I legit hear people like, oh, my God, when I went to Cuba, you know, they were so slow. Well, yeah, you know why? Because they have cars that are from the 1950s, you know. They don't get imports like we do, and they don't have access to toiletries and, you know, condiments that we do. Like, yeah, they're behind, they're slow, you know, but you would know that if you had done the research, you know. But like I said, some people just treat it like a regular island, which, you know, like I said, everybody travels for different reasons, but, you know, you just – you know, for the sake of being American, just try not to go to another country and piss anybody off, you know. Just be mindful, you know, do a little research, understand why you're there, you know, and just be respectful. That's 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 all I ask. That's so important, very important. And what is your next tip for us here, tip number six? Consider international travel versus domestic travel. So to me, this is a big one. We, me and you talked about this the other day. Domestic right. travel to me, and I know everyone does not share my views, and that's fine, but domestic travel is so expensive. It is so expensive. You know, on average, you know, unless you're catching, you know, an early or an early booking or a flight deal, you know, going to California could be five or $600. Going to Texas is four or $500, you know. Going to New Orleans is four or $500. Going to Hawaii is $600, where you can get to Asia for $500. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I went to Thailand, my flight was 450 or was, it was $450 mm. or $500. You know, like... Why would I pay $500 to go to California when I can pay $500 to go to Thailand? And I right. say that not in disrespect to our country, but just to kind of, you know, as African Americans, sometimes we get in this box of what the social norms are. And so right now in the media, everyone's talking about Vegas and everybody's talking about Miami and everybody's talking about L.A. And those are all great places. But... The reality is you'll probably spend as much as those places as you would overseas. So be mm. open to traveling internationally as well. You know what I'm saying? Like right. the world is so much more than what it is in the United States. Right. To expand yeah. our minds beyond what it is that we already know. Absolutely. And I'm upset with myself because, you know, we went to Yukon. Yukon had plenty of travel abroad, abroad opportunities, and I didn't take mm-hmm. advantage of any of them because all I cared about was going to Miami or South Beach for spring break. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was young. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I was not cultured in a sense, you know, and that's what my age group was doing. And, you know, that's fine, but, you know, you want to expand upon that. And then some people don't. But, you know, when I hear people saying, oh, it's too expensive to travel to Europe, it's too expensive to travel to 
Asia and all those other places, I'm telling you right now, you will probably spend less in Thailand than you will in Miami, South Beach. Anybody who's been to South Beach and has stayed on that strip knows you're putting out a lot of money. Yes, it is expensive. <laughs> it's a lot of money to stay it domestically is. and travel to Florida. Because that's all that is, to travel to Florida, to be on Miami Beach is a whole lot of money. But what you're saying is essentially I could have taken all of that money and went somewhere and actually something different, see a different culture, see a different way of life, um, experience something different for the same amount of money. Yes, like Thailand, one U.S. dollar equals 34 of their dollars. You're not getting that in Miami. You're not getting that in Vegas. You're not getting that in L.A. <laughs> like, you're not. And, you know, like I said, you know, if you're someone who is not comfortable with flying and you just want to stay local, that's fine. But if you are someone who is truly trying to expand your horizons and get up out of the United States, then do it. I'm telling you right now, right now it is cheaper to travel internationally versus domestic. I hate traveling domestic. I told you when we went, you know, the wedding in Dallas, like, you know, I love my friend, you know, shout out to Booch. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I had to pay, I think, 450 for a flight to Dallas, Texas, you know, for her wedding. And it was definitely worth it. You know, she's family. But it was financially draining for me to make that move when I knew that I could go to Asia for 450 you know, mm-hmm. versus going mm-hmm. to Dallas. But that's when you have to prioritize, you know. And, like, my friends and family, they are, they are important to me. So if they need me in a U.S. city, I will be there. But mostly I'm international because i rather get more from my book. But that's just right. me. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And which brings us to our next point. <laughs> and, you know, Which we're doing thing- now. <laughs> I don't consider myself as seasoned. I really don't. Um, really? I'm actually a little bit disappointed in my travels. Yes. Um, I've been traveling for a really okay, long time. Okay, you, but you travel every other month here. And there's some people of us, who travel some way of more. Us, it than. takes years nope. to travel domestically. Years. Right? Like some of us, it would be like you are planning a trip to Miami and you are literally taking a year to plan this trip. Some people. That's true. I'm I'm very blessed, you know, as, as, you know, God has allowed me to go a lot of places and travel and see things that I know a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do. So I am grateful. But, you know, at 32, there are certain travel goals that I had for myself, and I'm a little bit behind. Um, I would have liked to have traveled to more international countries than I have. I would have liked to be at six out of seven continents by now, you know. Um, there's just certain goals that I hold myself responsible for. Um, but I will say this. If you are someone who doesn't travel that often or is not familiar with traveling internationally, if you go on a trip with someone who is a little more seasoned than you, I would recommend listening to them. And it's not more of a power play or anything like that. It's just that they know what they're actually doing because they do it more frequently than you. And I can't tell you how frustrating it is when you go on a trip with someone who has never really, you know, been too many places and doesn't have an idea or hasn't done the research, and they're trying to tell you what to do. 
and mm-hmm. you know it's wrong or you know that they're not exactly valid in their decision-making, and you go along with it to avoid an argument, and it ends up blowing up in your face anyway. Right. So it's not to sound snobbish or that people know everything in the world. I'm just saying, like, if you're someone who has only been in the domestic side of things and you're traveling somebody who is international and has been to a few more places than you and has a little more insight, I think it would be good to listen to them and to try to figure out, you know, what you can take from their insight and turn it into your own so that you can have a pleasant experience. Because the reality is the blind leading the blind, honey, ain't going to (laughs) work. It's not going to work. You know what I mean? (laughs) And, you know, I know for me, like, I, I have people who I follow on social media that I aspire to get like them in their travels, you know. Um, There's a few that I don't know. There's a few from Connecticut. I know from Connecticut I definitely like to follow Charity and uh, Sheena. Um, They are both two avid travelers, and um, I know that if I was going on a trip with them, I'm listening to them because they've been a whole lot more places than I have, and I just would love to just pick their brains and see what insight and knowledge that they actually have for me versus trying to go against the grain and tell them what I know, you know, because I respect that, you know, they travel way more frequently than I do. They've been a lot more places, and they probably have insight on things that I haven't even begun to experience yet. So, yes, I can Mm -hmm. offer my experience and my expertise, but I also am humble enough to listen to someone else who is more seasoned than I am, and I don't think there's anything Mm -hmm. wrong with that. And I think that's how you grow. You grow by listening to those who, you know, have more experience in the field than you. And it's it's a better way of being successful in your travels. Absolutely. Tip number eight. Yes. Uh, be aware of your surroundings at all times. That just kind of ties into, like I said, the situation in Brazil. Like, I knew Brazil wasn't the safest place, and I knew that, you know, people would be targeting us because, you know, if they were – if they confirmed that we weren't Portuguese or we weren't Brazilian, that we could be targets because we're American. So, you know, normally I probably wouldn't have noticed that guy following us, but I was very vigilant and aware of my surroundings, and I was able to probably stop a potential harmful situation. And, you know, Mm -hmm. my biggest thing with the travel, and especially just to touch base on the young lady who unfortunately lost her life, in Costa Rica, you know, Costa Rica is supposed to be one of the safest places yes, in the world. You know, they had Oscar Arias as their their president, and he was totally peace this, peace that. You know, they don't have a high crime rate. Unfortunately, within the last few years, it spiked a bit, but it's supposed to be very, very safe. And here this woman was, beautiful woman, loved to travel, you know, living her best life, and someone her security guard from her Airbnb apartment was watching her daily. He was watching her. He, you know, knew that she was alone, and because he decided that he liked the way that she looked, he decided that he was going to assault her and kill her. And that's very scary, you know. As women, you know, 
we're all beautiful, you know, and it's really unfair that someone gets to look at us study our moves and decide, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that from her or I'm going to hurt her, you know. And so it does help to be very vigilant because you don't know who is against you. You don't know who is plotting against you. You don't know who's been watching you. And it's really scary because Airbnb is supposed to be safe. Costa Rica is supposed to be safe. You know, this was someone that she trusted, you know, he's a security guard. He's supposed to protect her, not attack her. So that could have been any of us. Like, you know, she didn't do anything that was out of the ordinary other than trust someone who was supposed to be looking out for her. So I just Mm -hmm. say that, you know, especially if you're traveling with friends, you know, be accountable, know where everybody's at. If you're going to split up, make a plan, like, okay, we'll see you guys at 7 o'clock, bring your phone, you know, just be mindful because, unfortunately, the world is full of sick, sick people, and they want to hurt people. And it's just so scary. It's so sad. You know, um, definitely um, rest in peace to Carla. That was her name um, because that could have been any of us. That could have been me. That could have been you. It could have been anyone who was just out traveling, trying to live their best life, and unfortunately she fell at the hands of a predator. Like it's just very, very sad. I think that's why I think I'm a strong advocate for it. I, I get it. I get solo traveling. You know, I get it. It's very liberating and, you know, eye-opening. But I think as women we need to be very mindful, especially if you're if you're staying in an Airbnb, nine out of ten times, I mean, I know that was a security guard there, but it, it isn't it a typical for the, just like an Airbnb to be just around in like the community, right? So it's a home or a villa or whatever have you. I feel like if you're going to be alone, I prefer for you to be in a hotel. Mm-hmm. You're in a hotel room. You, with, you, were, you are with other travelers. You know, so if you're going to stay in something like an Airbnb, which is just someone's home or house or villa or whatever it is that they're renting out, I wouldn't recommend that you do that on your own. Um, if you're going to be solo traveling, go to a hotel. That's your better bet. Go to a hotel, stay at the hotel bar, don't venture off into the, the community on your own, especially at nighttime. I agree, and it's sad because I have had nothing but pleasant experiences with Airbnb. You know, I did Airbnb in Thailand. I did one in Cuba. I just did one in Australia. You know, um, besides, like, little minor hiccups um, as far as, like, maybe, like, keys and stuff like that, I've never had, like, a safety concern. So I am a bit surprised that that issue occurred, especially in Costa Rica. But, again, you know, it's Costa Rica. It's supposed to be one of the safest places on earth. You know, she unfortunately thought it was okay to stay in an Airbnb, which most of us would assume that. But like you said, I agree. If you're going to be by yourself, I think it's better to have a hotel and be out in an area where people can see you on a regular basis. And I'm not just talking about one or two people. I'm talking about a whole lot of people. Get to know that front desk. Get to know the manager, you know, because when you're by yourself and you're traveling alone, you are more subjective to crime, especially if you do not look like the people where you're traveling. You know, like they know you're not here. They know you're you're not from here. They know you're a tourist. They know that you might have money on you because you're traveling. And unfortunately, you are a target, and you have to 
be prepared and you have to be safe. You have to, you know, protect yourself. So I would definitely agree, Kim. I'm not staying at an Airbnb by myself, nor do I feel <laughs> comfortable with traveling alone. Not after that situation in Costa Rica. That's just not something mm-hmm. I'm interested in right now for myself. Not wise, right. As a woman, I mean, as anyone, but I think especially as women, um, we are definitely prime targets anywhere, really, you know. We have to be wise and be safe. And in doing so, we have to also make sure that we're not too scared and we do step number or tip number nine. As for step number nine, step out of your comfort zone, this was a big one for me because I am someone who does not like cold weather. I despise the cold. I have lived in New England all of my 32 years, and you would think that I was born in Hawaii the way that I am. (laughs) Okay, my heat is on 80 right now. (laughs) I do not like cold weather. And one of the things that I learned um, when it came to traveling, because what I used to do is I would never travel anywhere that was cold. So, like, if it was December and I wanted to go to California. I'm not going to California. Even though California is warmer than Connecticut in December, it's still not warm enough. Why would I travel somewhere that's cold? (laughs) And this was hindering my growth and travels. And I remember I had a conversation with one of my travel mentors who is actually my friend, Darlene, um, she is also one of my travel goals. She is six out of seven continents, and she has been for a really long time. Uh, do you know Darlene? We went to UConn mm-hmm. with her. Yes. Yeah, so Darlene, after graduating UConn, she moved to Europe, and uh, she never came back. <laughs> and she mm. works for a really great company out there that allows her to travel, and she's just been everywhere, and she's a great travel inspiration. And she usually comes home once or twice a year, and we get together and we talk about travels, and, you know, she offers me her advice. And um, she said, Shade, you got to snap out of this whole island thing. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, you only go places that are warm. And I'm like, yeah, duh. <laughs> like, why would I go somewhere cold? And she said, but if you really want to step up your travel game and, you know, see different parts of the world, she said, not every part of the world is warm. And so I, mm. I definitely took from that. And the next thing I knew, we were planning a trip together, and I was going to visit. She lives in Amsterdam. I was going to visit her in Amsterdam. And I said, well, can we go somewhere else? I was like, you know, I know we're gonna, you're going to show me around Amsterdam, but can we go to another country? And she said, sure. And I said, okay, well, you know, you pick the country. She said, are you sure? I said, yeah. You, you let me know where you want to go. She said, we're going to go to Iceland. <laughs> and I said, huh? And she said, yeah, we're going to go to Iceland. We're going to break you out of this shell. So... I started planning for Iceland. Um, I was dreading it because I don't like cold weather. Why would I leave, you know, 40, 30 degrees here in Connecticut to go to 20 degrees right. with snow, hail, and sleet in Iceland? Why mm-hmm. would I do that? Why, mm-hmm. You know, what's wrong with you? But, you know, I'm so glad that she challenged me and got me out of my comfort zone because, honestly, Iceland is amazing. I actually want to go back because we didn't spend enough time there. There are plenty of things there to do. It's such a great culture. And, you know, yes, it's cold, but, you know, I had a blast, you know, between, Mm. you know, going and seeing the different uh, glaciers and, 
you know, nice. doing the whole continental bridge and everything, just everything. And we even snorkeled. We snorkeled in two-degree temperature water, okay? And I wow. was cold. I was freezing, but it was beautiful. The sights mm. that I saw, the experience, it just was all worth it. And now since that trip, I'm open to traveling anywhere because before I would not have gone to Iceland. You know, I wouldn't be considering Alaska or Norway and definitely not Antarctica, you know. Mm. So nice. just someone pushing me and saying, hey, you want to evolve as a traveler, you're going to have to go somewhere cold. You're going to have to do things that you don't necessarily want to do um, to become a better traveler, to become more cultured, to become more experienced. You can't grow if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and staying in your comfort zone. And that's exactly what Mm -hmm. I was doing. I was only going to islands. I was only staying out on the beach. And now I like to consider myself a free gamer. I'm down for whatever. Okay, you want to go to Antarctica? Let's go to Antarctica. You want to go to Russia? <laughs> Let's go to Russia. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm down for anything. But it, it literally took, you know, my friend to kind of kick me in my butt and just say, hey, you know, stop, stop limiting yourself. And that's what I would say to the people who are just traveling domestically, you know, Yes, Mm. Vegas, Los Angeles, Miami are great places. I've done them. You know, I will frequent them again. But there's so much beyond the United States. There's so much beyond South Beach and Hollywood Boulevard. Like, you guys, there's a whole world with different cultures and different food and different sites and different people that is waiting for us to explore. And I feel like we should not limit ourselves just because we're not necessarily comfortable with something. You know, comfort within reason. You know, I'm not telling you to go and jump off a a, a cliff or something like that, like skydive. I mean, and if that's what it is. Unless you want to, right? (laughs) Well, you know, the funny thing is I said I haven't been to Dubai yet And I said when I go to Dubai I definitely want to do the skydiving I definitely want to I want to skydive over the aisles I don't know when that's going to be And how I'm going to do it But that's the plan And I'm I'm actually terrified of heights I fly all the time And I'm terrified of flights I'm terrified I hate heights. Um, I, I, can't, I don't like elevators. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I don't like, but, um, you know, I think it's good to have people push other people out of their comfort zone. And I am very grateful for Darlene for having that conversation with me because I probably would have never went to Iceland or any other place that was cold or didn't have a beach um, had she not brought that to my attention. Yeah. Stepping outside of your comfort zone in 2019, and I think this is why I wanted to do this podcast series, was to just kind of let people know, like, listen, your goals that you have down on that list are accomplishable. They can be accomplished. So step outside your comfort zone, make some changes, and just, you know, move towards just having and living a better and more whole and full life. Absolutely. And Shadai. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, some people may want to go to your Instagram page and see all these lovely photos that you have taken and even yeah. ask you maybe a couple of questions. <laughs> 
in terms of your your time in traveling and, and any additional tips and where can they find you? Um, so yes, my Instagram is simply shoddy. That's S I M P L Y S H O T T I. Um, you can find me on there. I post all my travel pictures up there. I'm available to talk. Um, I'm also on Facebook. You can search me at Shade Heard. I post up there as well. And I'm also on Twitter, and I talk about my travels on Twitter, and I can also directly link you with the airfare sites that, I, excuse me, the airfare accounts that we were talking about earlier as far as following, um, and my name on that is Simply Shadi as well. So I'm simply shoddy everywhere. Facebook shoddy heard. <laughs> <laughs> also with Snapchat too. It's simply shoddy. Shade, thank you so much again. Thank you for our tip sheet. Um, we're definitely going to be utilizing all the tips that you have given us, and we look forward to seeing if you not if because we know you're going to make it to Antarctica. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll be. <laughs> we'll definitely be watching and seeing, and you continue to just be an example for us. I'm breakable. Hold your head up high, you're unbreakable.